2: with andrew rogers and damon benning
0: not the best team that wins it's a team that plays the best wins.
2: prescott in the gun back to throw well protected going to the end zone schultz at the goal line and he's in for the touchdown second down snap back well protected now he escapes out to his left good block tyler smith pumps throws it in the end zone caught touchdown Dalton shoots for the second time tonight i don't feel too great about this but let's go you think they're pulling him offside maybe maybe nope they're gonna run a play fourth and four back to throw it out to the left all alone caught at the two and a walk-in touchdown for cd lamb how did you not cover the second team, All-Pro?
0: Uh, they played pretty good. You know, they played good defensively and put a lot of pressure on us, and we just couldn't make enough plays. So it's kind of typical the way we played all year, just inefficient in the passing game and not very good in the run game. So, uh, you know, it's hard to be good teams like that.
1: Hey, nice timing there by my guy Shaner over there, bringing the lights up right at the right time. I they was. Lift off coffee and cream on a Tuesday morning.
4: Going up. On a Tuesday, I was just kind of hoping we did it in the dark.
1: Well, I felt like a vampire for a while there. So,
4: so full disclosure, that's my preference. You know, like being in the dark. Yeah, and you said it the other day, right? Like I like natural.
1: You like natural light.
4: I like natural light.
1: Oh, I don't know. We're just
4: and
2: cream. we're just.
1: <laughs> we do in the open twice. <laughs> well, what happened was,
4: you see what happened was Andy was on the phone too, so I think that was that was part of it. Shane, we good? We good over there liquid?
3: Yeah, I just have like 19 keyboards and the the phone cord hit the other keyboard and it just fired a bunch of stuff. <laughs> He looked at us as if we were Wait, crazy. Like, yeah. And I didn't have my headphones on. I didn't know what was going on. I'm he's sorry. Like, he's like, yeah. After after doing such a great job of learning the light system yesterday and bringing yep. the lights you in know at the right time, I thought I, I you know, I thought I was having a good day. Right after sudden, I gave happened.
1: you a compliment. Hey, who
4: learned you how to do the lights?
3: Hey, by the way, Andrew, you didn't go by my advice. Take Dallas.
4: I I was a
3: spectator last night.
4: No worries. (laughs) Hey, and the funny thing about that one was what I said. I felt like that was the easiest of the two and a half threes between the Jacksonville's, the Giants, and not me. Not me. Uh, You know what I was surprised at? By the way, good morning. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what I was surprised at? It wasn't even Dak Prescott getting hot because he was on a heater. The play calling. Uh, yes, but not my initial thought, but you say it, yeah. How physical Dallas was. They whipped the Buccaneers, whether it was at the point of attack, whether it was in the secondary. There was a time, there was a time when you heed a certain call. Sorry about that. And Chris Godwin was getting his bell rung. There are people hitting. No, uh, I felt bad.
1: <laughs> I thought you See, were just going to say the You're too
4: young for heal the world, but yes. go play that song. It was after like the, this conglomerate during of break like or after the show. I guess yeah. You. Play well, it's like 38 minutes long because there after are the show, 68 <laughs> participants, and so you have to like it was to like help hunger in Africa.
1: Is this uh, like a song that? Uh,
4: it's called Heal the World or Chain. Is that is it? That,
1: was that like a song sang by a bunch of celebrities? You're, you're, yeah.
4: Okay. No, like, yeah, singers, though. Not just right. like Kevin Hart and Dave Chappelle get <laughs> yeah, together. It here, was like here comes singers. The Rock yeah, it was like Bono and Michael Bono? Jackson. Bono? 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 I thought it was Bono. Sunday, but- <laughs> body, Sunday. No, so I felt I was, you know, I'm a body language guy. I was looking at facial expressions. Guys like Godwin, they were getting cracked. And he would get up and he would grimace and for whatever the reason the camera would pan his way over to the sidelines. I was watching Leonard Fournette get smacked mm-hmm. one time. I he got tackled. Too. One time Fournette got tackled and it was they kinda it was eyes through the thighs, right? Like he drove through I always like to tell my guys eyes through the thighs, head up. I feel like I'm teaching. And his leg was kind of in the air. And my man Vanderesh like snapped his leg down on the ground. Like he, it was like it was like yeah. the trash was too heavy when you take it out, so you just you throw it down any way possible, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I got to get this in the can. I, and I'm looking at Blitz pickup because early the first half, that was the whole difference. Brady wanted to choke. In my my, I'm guessing Leonard Fournette. He couldn't pick up a blitzer to save his life. He was falling at legs. He not was good. missing. And meanwhile, a guy that had struggled like Pollard, which is why he wasn't playing a, a ton, was fantastic. You know, Zeke and blitz pickup. And you gave, da, you gave Dakota Rain some extra time last night. Boy, he was on a heater.
1: He played well, and he was really good at looking off his defender. Yeah.
4: yeah. How about how – so you know how you knew he was in sync? Changing plays at the line of scrimmage given the initial formation because it was the game within the game and advantage. They completely dominated. I just couldn't believe their physicality. I I was fudge. I'm like – at one point in the halfway through the third quarter, I was like, please don't throw Godwin one of those smoke screens again because he's actually getting smoked.
1: Well, and prayers up for Russell Gage. Dude. Because that was as scary as all injuries. Uh, He had that back injury last week, and you can only guess that when he got hit from behind, when his neck snapped
4: forward, that it just
1: trickled all the way down his spine.
4: How many times did you see Brady throw a ball and turn away from the field? Right, He he would throw it, and he was just like – he wasn't trying to stand in there either. It was – Boy, it was. It uh, wasn't
1: Tampa's night, and you know it, it's like I said with, with, about play calling too. Though Kellen Moore and Dak did he was, such on game. A nice he was on his Nice job of mixing up plays that made Tampa's defense look silly. Mm-hmm. They took advantage of them in so many key spots. It's Dallas. Dallas won a playoff game in what, or had to won a road playoff game in how many years now? It's, it's their been, first win and yeah. um, or since 2018, uh, something of that light. But all in all, from start to finish, it was all Dallas. Yeah. And, it, of course, you can look at the score, and, at, like, the box score tells you that, too. But as you talked about, their physical presence right out of the gates, mixed with their ability to perform on offense, opposed to last week, was just a recipe for success and a recipe for disaster for Tampa Bay.
4: Yeah, I, uh... Amazing Andrew is at it again.
1: Amazing Andrew or Amazing Daniel?
4: Amazing Daniel. But you I am Amazing ma- you Andrew. You are amazing. I was typing Ta-da. your
1: name. Yeah, let me pull a rabbit out of my hey, head real
4: fast. So you kind of met him in passing. Mm-hmm. It was only like, whatever, 15, 20 minutes when he wasn't eating, holding court. I told you he's one of like those rare guys that can constantly like correct me and it doesn't you know bother me because he's kind of made it a shtick. My man on Twitter goes, we are the world. And... <laughs> Bono? You <laughs> so I said? was right. And he goes, Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for this.
1: <laughs> hey, we can always count ju- on I Daniel I just watched from that video the advice. other day, by the way.
4: Watched what video?
3: That we- video We Are the World? Yeah.
4: What did you had thirty eight extra minutes?
3: I know, right? Is it it was really? Like, thirty eight minutes? It's, it's Bro,
4: like, it's double digits. Isn't it? I had to look That song's up. gotta be like ten minutes.
3: I had to look up half the people. I didn't the, know I've never the, seen before. Oh, Barry I've heard Gordy the song before. the one for
1: yeah. Haiti. Yeah, that's eight and a half minutes.
3: Yeah, it's long.
1: It's it's the Titanic of songs. (laughs) The like,
4: the little ship. Wait, I don't want to be wrong. Was the Titanic was a ship, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It is pronounced ship. You got it right. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I like
4: I am. If Dallas brings that kind of energy and thump, they can match fire with fire in. San Francisco next week because San Francisco brings drama too, right? And San Francisco showed you that they could next gear you, right, when they're kind of putzing along. So that that one is, is going to be interesting.
1: Are you surprised, though, this game ended how it did? And Before you answer, I mean, did we give Tampa too much credit all year because of Tom Brady? Mm-mm. Well,
4: I, very yesterday it was – I mean, I just think Tampa is who they ha- they showed us they were. The only reason you know, we gave the
1: team though it's the a, only it's reason we, we gave them,
4: them the the benefit of the doubt was because of TB twelve. And and I I just he wanted no parts really of what Dallas was doing last night. It was just one of those just one of those days. Now I do know that that's Monica. That's who she is. What the music? Monica. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, Daniel.
1: Uh, yeah, so it's like, I don't know. See, for me, I'm just as guilty as probably 95% of the football audience in crediting Tampa for doing more this year than they've actually done.
4: Well, they were hurt so – they had so many guys hurt, but they just kind of putzed along pretty much all season. And their inability to, to be able to run the football, man, Dallas has got to pin their ears back. Again, I'm telling you, you, you get some spare time. I don't know if you added it to your library. Go back and watch Tampa's receivers get off the ground. It was a struggle. And all I thought of it's immediately.
1: throw 85% of the game.
4: All I thought of was Kirby Smart. Everybody was ranting and raving about that pregame speech. The one part that stuck out to me was when he was like, get your ass off the ground. Right? Like, he told those guys, get off the ground. I say it all the time. It's not a nice place to be. Nothing good happens down there. Get up. Don't be the slow-mo guy. Don't be the last one off the ground. Get off the ground. And every time, Tampa's, their guys were the last ones to get up. And it does something to you. Like, we used to way back when, I feel like Bernie Mac, long, 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 long time ago. I was getting special attention. (laughs) I felt like that was a thing. Like, Like, our staff would be like, don't. Be the last one off the ground. Get, Kevin get off the ground. Get off the ground. And it's just, it's just stuck with mm-hmm. me. I don't know if I look at it as like a sign of weakness or what, but, man, Tampa was, ooh. Ooh-wee.
1: What a game. Oh, it was. It was oh, fantastic. The
4: <laughs> Listen, they're capable.
1: Dallas? Oh, yeah. They, they could beat any team on the, any given day. They just have to want it. They're, they're, and, and there have been games this year where we've seen them kind of fold to their own, did right? you
4: Did you see the little pregame when they panned the camera to, when Dallas was warming up, and they were getting ready to come in for the huddle before, they, before the opening kick? Their body language? I body was, language was, I was, was like, big. I was like, oh. I watched. I was like, oh, they, 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 they got some. I looked at the Bucs. E equals
1: MC squared. I looked at the Bucs sideline and thought something similar when Tom Brady was throwing. That it didn't seem like the Bucks were as amped up. Yeah, I saw Fournette just kind of he's like that. He's, 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 he's like that.
4: I mean, remember that's a guy that will come to camp at two fifty five. Oh yeah, but I, Mike I mean, Mike Evans kind of aloof. You know, he's got that enigmatic personality. I, like mm.
1: I think I thought of it more as man, this guy's old. Like, TB. Well, no, not just TB, but like Fournette, he and Evans, and all those players that. Because they've done it before, they're like, I, I just, I'm just going to go through the motions tonight. Did you see
4: the drive at the end of the half where, you know, Tampa Bay didn't get any points or whatever? And they showed Brady. He's fixed his helmet. And he kind of rolled his eyes. I was like, yeah, he's having one of those nights. Like, Are you serious? Like, like, that's what I felt like he mm-hmm. wanted to say. It, it was just – it was an onslaught. It
1: was an all Dallas night. You can catch us on 590 a.m. ESPN, Omaha 1480 ESPN, Lincoln right now. We're live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter. If you'd like to get involved in the show, it's 888 on the show. In twi- the show, twi- tw- Maybe Twitter, you can do both 888 638. Ask Daniel 888 <laughs> 876. Let's...
4: Pronunciation is it in or on? I mean, he is he's part of the grammar on place. the show, right. How about let's just say with and keep it safe?
1: With the show? Sure. <laughs> we'll go there. I like, I like the two letter words. <laughs> the four letter words are out of my comfort it's zone. It's simple. <laughs> I hear you. And now I have to say a five letter word. Brian, you're on line one. Brian, good morning. Uh, I'm sure you're on cloud nine today.
4: Cloud nine? Cloud ten, we're auto affirmative right now. Hey, loud and clear <laughs> this morning. <laughs> v is hey, coming through is crystal clear. Did you
5: sleep last night? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to pass this on while I'm on the radio. Damon, yes, sir. I got a couple friends who, who went for the Bucks. Yeah. Before the game started, I want to say, Buck you. <laughs> he wanted the root for Levante David. I said, Buck him too. All right. I'm a Cowboy fan today. Hey, he was, he wanted to root for Levante because he was a former Nebraska so rem- uh, uh, player. So I had to remind him, I said, What about Maher, who couldn't kick an extra point last night? And uh, wh- what about Gifford? Yeah. He played for the Nebraska. And I remind him, you know, he, he lost his way a Nebraska fan. But that I appreciate that win by the Cowboys last. I've been waiting for him for how many years now? How many years now? I don't think I done ran through enough kids uh, not seeing the win to have them finally <laughs> appreciate it now. some of watching. We slapping high fives and everything. I got another son up here. He a Vikings fan.
6: <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow!
5: <laughs> he got a little- he got a little stuck out right now, probably. <laughs> hey! All the Cowboys fans appreciate this win. We're going to 49ers next week. Flashback to a rivalry. I can't wait to see that. I know it ain't candlestick, you know, with that horrible grab, but we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. I can't wait. I think it'll be a good game as long as we hold up in the middle. Uh, Dickie Zula and uh, Hankins. Who we just got recently? That that's what we need to win that to, to beat them. We need to hold up in the middle, If we can do that. Then we got a good chance to leave it out there, at least with a one score win. Wow, and that's how, that's my
4: take on the Damien. Oh my man! And it is only the Niners by just a four point
1: fave. Brian he's, like an auctioneer, it, just going.
4: He's why do you think he got that nickname? <laughs> no,
1: now I get it. Yeah, like I thought that, he just ran a lot.
4: No, he can
3: out of breath, Brian. He can go. Does it seem kind of right to have the the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Giants all in there? You
4: know what's funny is the NFC Least was the most maligned division in football the last two years. Mm -hmm. And they're they're three quarters of the divisional round with the Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys. And the Niners, the lowly team not in that bunch.
1: Although, are the Niners the team that come out? The way they played,
4: I mean, I I Sheesh. I mean, obviously I'll I'll say yes just because that's the, you know, I have the Bills and the Niners in the Super Bowl, it but
1: insane.
4: I don't feel great about. I didn't like the Bills to begin with. Like I talked myself into the Bills just so I didn't take the Chiefs as the trendy mm. pick because I thought the Chiefs would have to go through Cincinnati. So I was like, eh – and I don't mean in Cincinnati. I just meant play Cincinnati right. when Cincinnati's been good. So I was like, uh, let me err on the side of caution. But I still think, all things being equal, coin flip neutral site. Kansas City's the best team in the right. AFC. So I didn't love the Bills pick. Yeah, Kansas
1: but City, I just don't see anybody getting by them. I don't love
4: the Niners pick either. But I do know one thing. They play defense. Uh, Niners, Cowboys, viewers – What's that number going to grab? I mean, I don't
1: think I can reach that eye.
4: Yeah, that, that's, that's going to get a big number. He mentioned and, I, some, and I think that's the second game on Sunday, right? Yeah.
1: Brian mentioned something, too, about Maher and how he struggled. And let's <laughs> just stop it right now of the a- Cuddam takes on social media.
4: Aikman with the greatest line ever. Just five seconds of TV silence be looking for a job next week. I was like, wow, Troy. (laughs) That's what we're on tonight? Let's
1: not forget that Maher made 90.6% of his field goals and 94.3% of his extra points this season. If it would have mattered, if if, if the game was a lot closer, then I can see blame being placed. Hmm? It's ridiculous. But let's not forget the guy that kicks in Green Bay. Mason Crosby who missed what five field goals in one game a year or two ago he still has a job mm-hmm. it's because one game doesn't defy a person Maher will be on the team next week and if he's not on the team next week well then let's let's just say the uh the Cowboys will have some bad juju following them <laughs> hey, throughout the playoffs.
4: in the most Jerry Jones answer ever did you see an awful announcing tweeted out will you look for a kicker next week that's what They asked Jerry Jones because, of course, he's like the GM, Mm -hmm. right, and the coach. No, no, we won't. He's done enough good ones. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry. (laughs) I mean, is that not the most Jerry Jerry Jerry. Jones answer ever? No, he's done enough good ones. (laughs) He's good. A little sweat equity in the bank. How about that?
1: (laughs) Hey, uh, back on line one, we've got Michigan Lance uh, here to talk some super wild card weekend football. Lance, good morning. Good morning, boys. How
4: y'all Michigan, Lance. We're
1: enjoying the day so far. What's up, buddy? Man, remember back in the
6: day, DB, I, and Andrew, I don't know if you'll remember this, but whether it was media or it might have came from some uh, NFL coaches about Michael Vick, remember what they called him with coaches? I don't. They called him the co- the coach what? Killer. Yeah. You yeah. remember that?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
6: Like, okay, so when are we going to kind of start to get to the point of Herbert over (laughs) at Los Angeles Chargers? Like, everybody keeps talking about, all this talent. Are they going to fire this coach? Like, dude, how many coaches are you going to fire for this kid to get it right? Like, where's the coach killer stuff with this guy? I I don't understand it. And and he got paid. Like, what happened to getting paid on your production or – Sometimes it's potential, and obviously with him it's potential, but Lamar Jackson is sitting there with no deal, and he's actually produced. You know, that? like, I don't get it. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a personal thing. I don't know if it's a black-white thing. I don't know if it's a style of play thing. Like, I, th- I think it's because- the
4: latter. I think it's a style of play thing. Justin Herbert can play in any system, and I'm not so sure people feel like that with Lamar Jackson. That's just right, me. Okay,
6: now – Hey, now you just said he can play in any system. And he's on his second coach that's about to get fired. Yeah, but listen. So though. what system can
4: he play in? Well, one, and this is all his first playoff game. One where, no I, one where I feel like they feel like he has a competent coach. Len didn't get another head coaching job, and I'm not saying that's indicative of his coaching prowess because we know it right. doesn't work like that in the NFL with the good old boy network in terms of recycling guys. Some guys get right. more opportunities than others. But between Lynn and Staley, do you feel like he's getting he's getting great tutelage?
6: I think he's the he's the same player that he with was at Oregon. Those guys. Yeah. and and I don't I don't know if it's necessarily I don't think it's necessarily him. Them he's he's made some bad choices, some some bad decisions at quarterback. But for some reason, we just keep giving him passes.
4: I don't know how much you've heard from us, but and I appreciate the call from. Wait, did you yeah. want to talk Jacksonville, Lance? Because that's right down the street oh, from you.
6: Hey, man, I hey, I, I, I like them. I liked them back in the day with Fred Taylor and Tony Baselli. You know, I'm a Fred J- Taylor guy. J- Jimmy Smith. I didn't like Florida, but his style of running, I always like. And man, it, it's uh, it's good to see them doing well. How about Trevor Lawrence? Resolve, man, like. People around here talked about, well, he never lost, he, he never went through any challenges in high school and college. Hey, man, that dude,
4: he grew up, I I commend him a lot. Are you going to be wearing Jags gear next time you come visit? Ooh, man, I, I don't know, I might be. I don't
6: dislike them. you know what I mean? I'm not saying they're my favorite, obviously. Hey Bears, we looking good. Number one pick, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, real quick, yeah, real, real,
4: real you weirdos. <laughs> real quick, how's the fan? Uh-huh. How's the fandom down there? Has the city gravitated? Because they don't go to the games. Well, they did this hey, last man. No nah, dog. They,
6: hey, since they've been winning and putting out a good product, not just winning, but putting out a good product. You got to put out right. a good product too. No nah, man, they, they're going nuts around here, man. They, hey, the school system. The school system is where your jag gear on Friday. Every every county, every public private school is where your jag gear. Hey, it's uh, more than the Florida
0: Panthers. Uh, Michigan
4: Lance and Shad Khan here for the morning coffee and cream. Thank you, I appreciate that, Michigan Lance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See you, Lance. You know, Thanks, the, the fellas. further uh, maybe a point here that you know is a different perspective. Uh, you have Trevor Lawrence, who was under Urban Meyer, wasn't successful. Then Doug Peterson comes in, is successful maybe it just takes a Doug Peterson to be with Justin Herbert. Uh,
4: listen, you already know how I feel about Herbert. I, I'm closer to overrated than not,
1: mm-hmm. and I've
4: been like that from the jump. Super talent, but he's got to start winning some meaningful right. games. But I will say I don't think he's got much help in the coaching department either. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: Nebraska has a new face. We'll get to that next. Uh, I'll set up the rest of the show then too and also At some point, right? give you our poll question of the day. But it's actually poll trivia today. Let's go. So we'll do that next.
2: You lose respect. Coach, you can't
5: club with your kids. You can't hang with your kids. You can't get drunk and drink with your kids. You can't do that. You lose respect because when they see you in a, in a way and you present yourself in a way that, that's not presentable or incorrigible um, to your kids, you lose all respect. Now, that's going to be the same guy that's going to show out on you on the field when you try to check him and he, remember you being drunk right beside him. So let's make sure that's not going to be the, the case. Or you, you chasing draws with it?
4: I didn't even know people still use that word, Drew down. <laughs> De-
1: Deion Sanders glowingly welcoming his new team.
4: Hey, do you want to get into – Shane, I don't even know why I'm asking you. I should ask Amazing Daniel. I believe the proper word is colloquialism. A word that is specific to a region.
1: <laughs> Can you spell that?
4: C-O-L-L-
1: Colloquialism. I don't know. L O Q U I A L I S M. What's the definition there, big timer? <laughs> a word or phrase that is form not formal or literary. Mm-hmm. Typically one used in ordinary or familiar conversation
4: draws that's <laughs> like who says that in 2023
1: Dion says a lot of things that are
4: dude are you cool with out the, of my diction are right? you cool with the infomercials that time
1: gets it's like people grab he's like calculator. nick saban already oh he's kim k of football
4: oh no because he actually has done tangible positive <laughs> things
1: Oh, Kim K's not
4: that? Uh, I don't know much about her product line, so maybe I should slow my roll. But I do know what happened when she originally broke the internet. And it didn't, well, it just depends on the word talent, but it didn't have. (laughs) Who's that? I'm trying to stay on air. (laughs) Who's the Who's, who's, who was the lady
1: that interviewed them? Barbara I, Walters? I almost that, said
4: Ray J, and I was like, that's not what we're talking about. No. <laughs> uh,
1: Barbara Walters called them out for not having talent. Yeah, Barbara that Wawa. Interview? Yes. Uh, no. Wawa, is that what Zoe says? Or I believe, Shane, says?
4: Saturday Night Live, right? Barbara Walters, it was Barbara Wawa?
3: <laughs>
4: what I believe, it's old. Like, it's like, not me.
1: It's over my head.
4: Right, it's kind of over mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be... 50 in a couple of years. What? what? I'm 48.
1: I thought you were 44.
4: And I'll be 49 in March.
1: AARP on the way. Wow. Mail it in. <laughs>
4: we still could go to the gym if you'd like. You were <laughs> you were sore from moving
1: furniture. You would be, you would be too if you lifted my couch. Hey, Hugo.
4: <laughs> that was funny. Hey,
1: have you ever just
4: like, done a lot of things. Nothing super heavy, but it's just because you did it for so long. Yeah, that's my back right now, <laughs> TV.
1: You good? I, in the process of a move. Yeah, there's What no- can I say? Nobody likes moving.
4: There's nothing worse.
1: No, that's why you hire movers.
4: I wouldn't use extremes. I I, I I won't say nothing, but there are very few things that are worse than moving. I think if you could get past packing, the moving wouldn't be so bad. Packing
1: is brutal. Packing isn't fun. Yeah. I had to take apart her bed frame, which king-size bed frame, and you have to keep track of all the bolts and everything and uh, Did you use a Ziploc baggie? I did. Did you, did you use it? an Allen wrench? I did use an Allen wrench uh-huh. because that's how it's put together. And uh, You're talking
4: about with just the little thing with the little octagon shape? Uh-huh. How long that take? Dude, you used how, an Allen wrench to take down the whole bed. How
1: long was the first half of the Bills Dolphins game? Oh yeah, It's a wrap. I'm
4: like a little I'd
1: over an hour. That's what you had to do. Like all the oh, bolts on the bed. That's what who had to do. That, that's what the bed made me do. <laughs>
3: Dang.
1: Every bolt on that bed was courtesy of an Allen uh, an Allen wrench screw. I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm no hard. I'm no handy manny. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, I I can work an Allen. I don't know about, the whole, I'll know about the whole I don't know about the whole had built.
4: to thing, right? I think there's only two things I'm guaranteed. That's to stay black and die. <laughs> Other than that, I'm not so sure. Wait, what? Keep going. <laughs> there's only two things I can think of <laughs> that are inevitable.
1: Oh, are they? <laughs> Just pointing out the obvious. <laughs> well, what else you got? Well, I had to I had to take apart a part of bed. That's obvious too. <laughs>
0: Okay, maybe.
4: Anyway. It's a a different kind of hat.
1: Anyway.
4: Yeah, Uh, prime time with infomercials. He is Nick Saban already.
1: That's a good way to put it.
4: Although he does have two conference titles to his belt in two years, so that's pretty good. Some would say. No, that's – listen, if we hire a a first-year coach and he wins two titles in two years, they may build a statue. So, I don't want to undersell the fact that he's 28 and 9. <laughs> okay, let's get that right. <laughs> Nebraska goes 28 and 9 in two years. It's, I mean, we, we may be on Dodge Street partying.
1: Grease up the polls. Well, yeah,
4: probably at one point because 29, there'll be a signature win in there, probably. Yeah.
1: It's pretty good. This coaching staff can do it too, and they are building around new faces to be able to do that yeah and you know Matt Rule previously said winning the line of scrimmage is critical critical to winning the game Mm -hmm. so when you lose a guy like Walter Rouse that one stings because it's it's a big portal get you're feeling really good for a couple of days but also remember what he said too of we want people that want to play here oh yeah and that's not what Walter Rouse ultimately wanted at the end of the day so Don't have somebody that, you know, is just going to go through the day. No, you want somebody that wants to go through the day. And that's a guy like M.J. Sherman, who they grabbed yesterday. It's somebody – he's somebody that came to Lincoln and was just completely wowed by everything here. You know, Lincoln is underappreciated when it comes to being a sports town.
4: Hey, so did you hear some of the portal guys that came that – said that Lincoln was so much different of a city than what they originally thought mm-hmm. from an image standpoint. I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that I didn't know that was still a thing. But then I thought about I mean with I the like, internet, well and, <laughs> and I
1: feel like if you go to a college town down south, it's different than when you go to a college town and
4: north. I and I also think it's a lot of it is the portrayal of Nebraska, right? Where we've seen it, we've seen the opens for college game day or games or something and there's like this flyover and mm-hmm. it's an ag state, so that's you know, eighty five yeah, percent of what a lot you of see. Right? Right. And I think once once people get here it's like I remember a couple of these recruits coming like Francois and they, they all left, right? So Keem Green and, and Francois and some of these guys that came from different parts of the country, even to coltis Crawford were like floored over what it was, what Lincoln was really like, and I'm like, yeah, market marketing is something. I didn't think mm-hmm. that was still a thing, except for I remember one of the first years we were playing for a state championship at another high school I used to coach. We drove to Lincoln, and I remember two thirds of that bus. That was the first time that they had played, that they had been to Memorial State Emerson Lincoln. So I'm like, well, that's only forty five miles, right? So. Stands to reason if I'm, if I'm from someplace else and that's all I know.
1: Right. I don't know anything else. Well, and MJ makes the most of his opportunities. That's what I was getting at. Opposed to may- maybe a lot of other players that went to a big Power 5 school, a championship caliber school. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that figured out his role quickly when he went to Georgia. He wasn't afraid to compete for a starting job. He wasn't afraid to take on a special teams role and run with it. He wasn't afraid to mature in other aspects of his game so that it could, in turn, benefit him at a different spot. He's a huge vocal guy. He's a vocal leader. He had some really big plays last year, and Kirby Smart said this. He said, I'm just proud of the maturity he's shown, and he's gotten a lot better as an outside linebacker too. When you lose your three best pass rushers from last season – you're hoping to bring in a guy that can instantly become a captain. Yeah. And that's him. MJ Sherman, don't be shocked if he's a captain next year. Oh, I don't know about that, Drew. Don't down. be shocked because of his ability to lead. Just if command. he makes a statement right away with, with these guys, with these players, with his talent, I would not – call me crazy. Advan- I would not ad- be
4: shocked. Advantage your opinion since everybody is learning from a blank slate at the same time?
1: I think so. Well, you have a new coaching staff – You have a guy that played for the back-to-back national championship team. I wouldn't be surprised.
4: It's weird because even Casey Thompson
1: wasn't a captain. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. We'll continue that conversation more, but we want to uh, talk to Scott Docterman next.
2: Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. This a straight line drive. McCaffrey for three. Got it. I was going to shoot Maryland right out of this zone. And here comes Connor McCaffrey. Nice bounce pass there.
1: Hey, back with you on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. We're happy to have you with us. We'll talk to Paul Keels as a part of our Big Ten Whip at the 8 o'clock hour. We'll continue talking Nebraska football and then Joel Lorenzi at 8.45. But for now, we want to start with Scott Docterman. He kicks out He kicks off. Our Big Ten whip covers Iowa football for the Athletics. Scott, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you this morning? <laughs>
4: Doc, how are you, man? It is always good to hear your voice, man. Hopefully your new year is off to a good start. Yeah,
2: it's not too bad here. I mean, we did have some tornado warnings here yesterday, but nothing yesterday. came through. So, <laughs> Otherwise, everything is, uh, is just peachy in eastern Iowa. Scott,
1: are you somebody that goes outside and watches the weather, or are you the one that runs to the basement? i'm I'm
2: generally the one that kind of waits just to make sure nothing happens so like (laughs) there have been so many times in the past where i've been in in like an office or something and oh here comes the tornado alarm well i'll just wait and see it (laughs) wait for it (laughs) to (laughs) happen but when we had the deray show here a few years ago which was just massive I did go upstairs because I heard a bunch of crackling, and it was my fence going down. So I,
4: I did. Uh, I did watch that
2: one.
1: That's the Midwestern approach, right there. Just hey, wait and
4: see. <laughs> hey, Doc. Before we get too deep into football, let me let me just skim basketball here real quick because uh, I know Drew Down is chomping at the bit to ask about McCaffrey. But let me ask you about the ups and downs with this Iowa basketball team. What's the feel about what they're capable? of doing versus what we've seen so far this year, kind of being on that roller coaster?
2: I think they're capable of being somewhere between 4 and 8 um, in the Big Ten. I mean, I think they're an NCAA tournament team uh, based on how they've performed the last four games, and and they've beaten some pretty good teams in the past.
4: <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize Bless for you. that. Um, Bless and, you.
2: But I think when you look at, uh, you know, some of their losses, they are really uh, – they've got to overcome a lot of problems. I mean, you know, whether it was the start, though, and three pre-start of the Big Ten when they lost to Wisconsin in overtime, they played really poorly at Nebraska, and and then uh, their rally was too late at Penn State. It's just, uh, you know, that kind of put them in a hole. But I do think this team is capable of, uh, you know, probably getting to the NCAA tournament, maybe finishing fourth or fifth in the Big Ten and, and – uh, who knows? Uh, you know, they haven't been out of the first weekend of the NCAA since uh, 1999, so that mm. seems to be the, uh, the 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 Moby Dick for uh, Fran McCaffrey's uh, Lee Montville mm-hmm. here, or Captain Ahab. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scott, one of the bigger stories um, in the program this year Uh, has been Patrick McCaffrey leaving and and taking that leave of absence to better himself. Have you heard anything from him, how he's doing, if he plans on returning to basketball at some point, just uh, what's on the McCaffrey trail? He's showed
2: up at every game and he's been in like uh, street clothes or whatever. Um, So he's around the program still. It's just a matter of how he handles the anxiety, which as we know is, it's much more difficult than say a sprained ankle where you just, okay, I feel good enough. I can go out there and play, but Mm. um, you know, so it's a mental thing and, and he's had so much uh, so many issues over his life. Uh, You know, he had cancer, uh, thyroid cancer, which was uh, you know, his surgery took place on the first day of the NCAA tournament in 2014 and he had to sit out a year because of his meds and how he was getting tired with it. So it, Mm -hmm. you know, he's dealt with so much that I think it, they're trying to take it day by day. Now, there's been some discussion that he'll make it back on Wednesday, uh, but no decision officially has been made. I guess we might find out a little bit more today. But but it's been really tough on him. And, and But the team has responded. They've rallied in his absence and have played uh, it's probably their best basketball of the year since he's uh, stepped away.
4: Yeah, I, I struggled coaching in a game in which my kid broke his collarbone. So a lot of credit – I think, to, to Fran McCaffrey, he gets a lot of criticisms, but just managing uh, the emotions. And I think seeing Patrick here, and obviously you're coaching multiple sons, and that includes the rest of the team figuratively. So, I mean, that emotional balance, Doc, that can't be easy. But I guess as long, you know, that line of communication is opening, you see that he's a good, in a good place relatively, it helps you do your job better. Yeah, I
2: think so. I, I think you know he's been doing it for a long time. Connor's in his sixth year at Iowa, and, and he's had his ups and downs too. Because um, you know, early in his career, he tried. He played baseball and football, or I mean and basketball, and uh, just uh, you know, whether it was his arm, you know, he had to have surgery on his shoulders. He had surgery on his hips. He wasn't playing well. He got a lot of criticism because he was a you know four star, and and. And so that took a lot out of the family, and then of course now with Patrick, with all of his various uh, ailments, it's it's been tough on Fran for that. But um, you know he's been pretty resilient, and the team has performed mostly over the last few years. They've had some bad losses this year, of course, but overall I think they've uh, they've handled it well. And, and Fran's a good coach. And, and his team seems to respond for him. So, uh, But they've got a pretty tough stretch coming up ahead. I mean, they, you know, I think every game is going to be like that in the Big Ten. It just seems to be such a competitive league, really. Um, you know, even with Minnesota beating Ohio State last week, it just shows you that anybody can beat anybody. And, you know, playing Northwestern is, uh, you know, kind of the surprise of the league to me. And then after that, they go to Ohio State, Michigan State in succession and then play Rutgers at home was been a very good team they did beat them on the road and probably their best game and then and then yeah. uh you know in, in early February they play uh Illinois they're kind of their blood rival at home so you know they've got some really tough games coming up and I think right now you just if you're Iowa you just hope to just compete in every one of them you're going to lose some and and you know you just hope you win up and end up on the right side on a few
1: others Scott, changing gears here to take a general look at the Big Ten. And we're speaking with Scott Doctorman at Scott Doctorman on Twitter, covers Iowa football for The Athletic. You know, I think we can all agree the Big Ten is heading in the right direction with two Pac-12 schools joining in 2024, the big TV rights deal that's in place. But last week, I found it hard to believe people can still poo-poo uh. on Kevin Warren for his job <laughs> as commissioner. Yet that's exactly what I saw people doing couple of questions meshed into one here for you. How do you think he did um, as commissioner of the Big Ten, and who would you like to see replace him?
2: Those are great questions. I think overall he put himself in such a, a hole with the whole COVID situation, as we all know, and, and I think that's what everybody remembers, that uh, I think you know it, it was really difficult to dig out of that. But he was able to, and he did it with the help of others. I think the TV deal, he was – you you want to say he was smart enough or he understood that maybe what he didn't understand. So he involved, uh, you know, people with Fox who've been, you know, big partners with the big 10 and, and they're able to get a very lucrative record setting uh, media rights deal. And then I think you look at uh, adding USC and UCLA. I don't think he did that independently, but he did it in conjunction with other people. And that's a, and that's another huge win for the big 10. So overall, the big Ten's on really good footing going forward. And, you know, but I also think that maybe he's stepping away at the right time. You know, now how do you govern that way? Because, you know, he came in at such an impactful situation, you know, that we didn't know about with COVID. And then and then these areas where we did know, especially the media rights deal, that I think overall you look at him and you think, well, um, you know, it's probably for the best that you step away. And then maybe somebody with a little bit more, collegiate experience and dealing with uh, athletic directors and campuses can kind of take the Big Ten to the next level because you've got NIL, you've got, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's the future of whether you're pay student athletes, whether there's unionization, all those types of things. So I think uh, somebody with collegiate experience is probably what the Big Ten needs. And I would say among the uh, candidates that I would kind of think, at least at the forefront, who are, you know, strongly considered would probably be Jim Phillips, who's now at the ACC. He was a finalist. I think we all thought he was going to get the job when he was at Northwestern's AD. I think he'd be fantastic. Um, Likewise, Jennifer Heppel, uh, who's the Patriot League commissioner. She's been at the Big Ten multiple times in major roles. I think she would be really good. I think a current person that I would strongly recommend to get um, a lot of attention is, is Kerry Kenny, who's a senior vice president for, for television. Mm-hmm. He's younger, but uh, he was one of the four people in the room for the media rights deals. And you know, he's a former student athlete. He played basketball in college. And I think he's uh you know, he's uniquely gifted in the way he um, handles himself and, and situations that I think he, if he's not a commissioner of the big 10, he'll be a commissioner of a power conference at some point. So those are kind of the three that come to my mind, but uh, you know I, I do think that uh, whether you're dealing with with NIL or other topics, that's something that absolutely needs to be in the forefront because otherwise uh, the the whole structure is going to be uh, in chaos, uh, you know, indefinitely.
4: Scott, quickly, I talked to Coach Woods last night. He and Coach Ferentz will be in Omaha tomorrow. It's the second or th- second time for sure and not very long that coach Ferentz will be making a personal appearance. Is this, they've, they've had the uptick in recruiting. You've kind of a, addressed and attacked the portal a little bit. Is, are things a change or is it just more prominent now with how hot and heavy recruiting is?
2: I think they, they really went in with a renewed focus in the portal this year and, and you know, they didn't, you know, break the portal. They didn't do what Wisconsin did, certainly, but I think they looked for pieces that fit, but I think they were very aggressive, and and getting the quarterback right away showed that they weren't going to just be, same old Iowa, let's just sit back and wait and see if one person shows up, Uh, and I think that's really important for them, because, uh, you know, they had one of the best defenses in the country, um, and in certain areas, they were ranked number one, but their offense was so bad, it couldn't do anything uh, when it fell behind, like against Nebraska in that final game. So I think really, it's, it, if there's nothing else, they have been more aggressive. I don't know if it's a new
1: attitude, but it certainly is one that's uh, that's more, uh, you know, just more aggressive in, in tone. Scott, you're the best man. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Doc. Alright, thanks for having me on. Paul Keels is next.
7: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: On Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon
7: Benning. Free throw, McConnell is missed. Sends the ball to the rebound. Thornton trying to get up the right side. Thornton in trouble. Gets it off, Holden snaps off a three. High on the right Yes!
5: Holden knocks down a three from high on the right to give Ohio State the win. Tanner Holden gets the ball from Thornton as Bruce
2: Thornton almost mishandled it, and he knocks down a game-winning three on the right sideline. Tanner Holden to give the Buckeyes a 67-66
4: win over Rutgers,
1: how about that? That's the big play-by-play voice of the Ohio State men's basketball team and Ohio State football team, Paul Keels, who's with the show right now. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, it's the top of the hour, and we are happy to welcome in Paul now. Paul, good morning.
4: Good morning, guys. How you doing? There's that booming voice. PK, good morning, man. Good to talk to you. My pleasure. Glad to do it, guys. And I wish that that shot was uh, Sunday's game
7: at Rutgers rather than December's (laughs) win in Columbus. Well,
4: (laughs) well, listen, I'll get to Minnesota in a second. But are you surprised with Pico? Like, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, last couple of years, Piscataway has kind of been the house of horrors for a couple of Big Ten basketball teams. That has become a difficult place to play.
7: Well, for those who have not been there... They seed 8,000. 8, it's an old college field house type mm-hmm. of place. It's a little dark and dank. Um, but now the the job that Steve Peichel has done is one of the best in college basketball. When you think about how bad Rutgers was when he took over. You know, Eddie Jordan's last year, they, they were truly a pathetic basketball program. Uh, he has done a phenomenal job, brought in... Uh, international recruits, got kids from the state of New Jersey, and they play in-your-face, very aggressive physical defense. Uh, you know, it's like a dental visit when you play against Rutgers, and, and it, it it is surprising, but when you see how consistent it's been, you know, think about the pandemic year. Had the tournament, the NCAA tournament gone on, Rutgers would have been a single-digit seed going into the tournament, how well they were playing at that point. They're trying for what would be the first time in school history to get to the tournament for a third year in a row. So it's been a phenomenal job. I, right now, you'd have to say he might be the front runner for Big Ten Coach of the Year this year.
1: Paul, go back to your team here. After falling to Purdue by just two points nearly two weeks ago, the Buckeyes have struggled to find their stride. I mean, what can you attribute this losing stretch to? Well, part of it
7: was injury. They lost Ed Key not even four minutes into the Purdue game, but still had a chance to win it. Didn't play with him in a game against Maryland that they had a chance to win. And one of the things I think you've seen is just a lack of execution at crucial moments on offense. They're a team with the talent they have. They've shown the ability to be a very good offensive team, but you throw in those games, you throw in Sunday's game at Rutgers, you throw in an overtime loss in New York to North Carolina. They just haven't been able to make the crucial plays when they've needed to. Uh, The Minnesota game was probably their biggest uh, offensive struggle during the course of a season. And, you know, Rutgers kind of does that to people, but Ohio State did it to Rutgers. They played some pretty good defense for most of the game to keep that close. Uh, Ohio State's, uh, like everybody, it's not anything that's unique to the Buckeyes. A lot of newcomers, they're really relying on a lot of very talented freshmen but guys that have had to learn how difficult it is to play in the Big Ten game after game against tough competition.
4: Hey, so, and I and I know with Akpura going, you know, with what the, that matchup and and Sensabaugh of coming off the bench, I listened to part of that radio show from Chris Holtman, and I don't think there's a level. He he came across as a guy that didn't do it for a sense of panic but he, it seemed to be thoughtful. How did you look at it bringing Sensabaugh off the bench?
7: Well, there was a couple of things that go into that. First off, it was uh, because of the matchup, they wanted to really get Isaac Likely in there just for defense. He's a yeah, guy with Akpora, right? So far shown, yeah, shown well, uh, and, and Akpora more than anything, uh, the concern was Zed Key with his shoulder injury to try and shrink some of his minutes a little bit. And Akpar really has been a guy that, as a freshman, has shown the ability at times to play some pretty good defense. But, you know, Cliff Amore is a tough matchup for anybody. I, oh, yeah. I think I heard one of the big the BTN TV announcers refer to him as the human pogo stick, the way he gets <laughs> off the floor. So, and, and then the, the thing with Sensible coming off the bench, because he had started, I think it was the previous eight or nine before that just to get a little bit of a spark coming off of it. And and the thing that we never know, guys, is what's going on in practice. You know, is somebody maybe practicing better than, than someone else or not practicing as well as they had? Uh, but, you know, certainly what Sensabaugh did coming off the bench gave them a lift with Tanner Holden as well. So it'll be interesting to see then Wednesday night at Nebraska what he does with the starting lineup. But But as you guys know, too, A lot of it's not about how they start. It's who's on the floor late in the game when it's a crucial point in time.
4: How's Thornton's wrist? I mean, that's got to be part of it. As You've talked about health. You said it almost in the opening statement, trying to get healthy, which may make it easier to look at not all four games with losses are created equally. Rutgers was the only game in which you are relatively healthy. How's Thornton? Well, that's
7: what we'll find out. We have not seen the team on the floor since the game Sunday. Uh, the anticipation was is that it would be better, um, but you know that that's positive thinking. So hopefully it is because he's he's an important part. But he's also a guy that you know as a freshman and a very talented talented freshman. Uh, if he's starting to feel a little bit of the grind of this conference schedule, I think you're certainly seeing at times some of the other players have as well, like Justice Sewing. So, but hopefully Thornton's wrist is good because he's a big part of it.
1: Let's talk Nebraska here, Paul, and we're, and we're talking Paul with Paul Keels. He's the play-by-play voice for Ohio State football and men's hoops. The game on Wednesday, a get-right game. For both programs you know not being able to close in games that's kind of what I gauged from you has kind of been the Buckeyes biggest problem at least uh, in the new year so far uh, and maybe you can date it back to that UNC loss that that you mentioned as well what have you noticed works for the opposition what could Nebraska really do to expose this Buckeyes group and on the latter what do the Buckeyes need to do in order for that not to happen
7: well one of the things that's given Ohio State problems is backcourt pressure. North Carolina did it. Rutgers did it but not to the same extent. You certainly saw Minnesota and Purdue do it and it, and it uh, Purdue more than Minnesota and it had some effect. So but, but I think we saw Ohio State better prepared for it Sunday when they played in New Jersey against Rutgers. What really works well for Ohio State is when they're sharing the ball and spreading the field. You know, the, the last two games, they've been in single digits with assist numbers. And that's got to improve dramatically because, you know, they've got four players that average about 10 a game and a fifth <coughs> excuse me, that's, that's close to it. So <coughs> if they can do a better job of sharing the ball and spreading it around, that gives them and, – and stay out of foul trouble, that's true for anybody, but that gives them – a better-than-average opportunity to win a basketball game.
4: Paul, let's get you out of here on this because we've tried to do this for three weeks, and it's been even crazier since we first started trying to cap Big Ten basketball. And there were only two teams that we felt good about knowing their style of play. Actually, three if you count Iowa offense versus defense. But it was Indiana with the two bigs. But they've had injury problems. No Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis, on and on. And Purdue. Everybody else has kind of been streaky. When's the last time you remember being in the middle of January and feeling like you don't really have a good handle on the Big Ten outside of a team or two?
7: Man, you might have to go back to – 2002, which was before Nebraska was in the league, when there were four teams that shared the championship in yeah. the regular season. Um, you know, right now it's easy to say that Purdue looks like their head and shoulders above everybody. Michigan State has probably played better, uh, with the exception of their loss Friday night at Illinois. But you know, Purdue has just got so many weapons, and not just Zach Eady. And he's he's difficult because how do you prepare for that? How do you practice for seven foot four, three hundred pounds, and a guy that can pass out of the post and makes most of his free throws? Um, you know, their freshman guards are incredible shooters. Uh, they've got depth when you think about a guy like Mason Gillis coming off the bench and playing the way he does. You can't forget about Caleb First, who's 6'10", and can be a dominant factor underneath. Um, but, you know, in my mind right now, and I have not seen Iowa yet, they come to Columbus on Saturday, and I know they're playing some pretty good basketball, too, uh, despite the fact that they're without Patrick McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, just looking at it briefly, it looks like it's Purdue and everybody else, but uh, you know, here's the other thing, and Chris Holtman talked about it on his radio show yesterday. Yeah, there's a lot of time left, and that's what people say when you know they're trying to get right. But there's nobody undefeated in the league right now, so I think that tells you something. It tells you, when you think about going into tough places to play, uh, the challenge that's there. And, and Ohio State knows that Wednesday, that'll be a feisty crowd in Lincoln like it always is. So, uh, But right now, I'd say, guys, it's it's Purdue
1: and then everybody else. Paul, you're the best, man. We appreciate your time. Hopefully, we can talk again soon. Thanks, Paul. My pleasure. Glad, glad to do it, guys. Appreciate you. That is Paul Keel's play-by-play voice for Ohio State football and men's basketball.
4: Do you want a cool voice when you grew up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, right when he, I'd like, I'd right, like a cool you, voice. And, <laughs> you here's an example, an analogy for those at home. If DB came to you and said. This is the best risotto you are ever going to taste. You have to go to this restaurant to get it. And you go to that restaurant. You would hope it lives up to what DB's saying. So in the break, DB goes, you're going to love his voice. He's got the deepest. The, <laughs> uh, the play-by-play voice doesn't just come out yeah. during games. It's every day with this guy. So my expectation was set like pretty high for Paul to have a really nice play-by-play voice. And right when he talked, I don't know if anybody else could could hear my reaction. I was like, Whoa. That's kind of what we're. <laughs> that's what we aspire to do, right? <laughs> it's like, well, that's why we aren't. Um, that's why we aren't Paul Keels. Yeah, I we didn't even he's get it. Of,
3: he's one of what five guys that we have like that? Eli Gold being one of them. Yeah, I mean, touchdown, yeah. Alabama! Just with the, with that 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 voice, right? And
1: right. my man Will Teeman.
3: He got it. Man, well, yeah.
1: Everybody does. has their unique voice, but Paul has the. He has the traditional play-by-play. Yeah, play he's fantastic. Voice. We didn't even get a chance to ask him about CJ Stroud. I wanted to, but um, you know, basketball just kind of started taking over there, and you know, with the local game coming up too. What do you think took so long?
4: Sense. Maybe he was busy <laughs> making oh. before he made his announcement.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, for, I, it's a foregone conclusion, yeah, right? You know, for me, I, I don't know what he was thinking. Did did he? Maybe have a desired hurt. to win a national championship before he I, left?
4: So I wonder, because sometimes people think it's a lot easier than it really is. Oh, man, just go make your money. But sometimes
1: people enjoy the college well, And experience. nowadays you can make money in college opposed to, you know, before C.J. Stroud got there. Uh, you're, so you're absolutely right. He That's may have had point. more money— staying at Ohio State, if an NIL deal came onto the table, then he would on his rookie contract.
4: Uh, I remember when Grant Wistrom and Jason Peters said that they were coming back. I mean, it was a game changer. Now they ended up winning a national championship. Right. Like Everybody was hype over it, but it was
1: like, wait, Well, what? CJ Stroud like, comes back. You're, you're, you're coming back? Mm-hmm. If he came back, you have a good shot at winning next year. Oh, yeah. A really good shot because Bama's going to have a new quarterback. So is Georgia. Caleb Williams will return, so, like, you'll have to face People there. People will put
4: USC preseason right. top five, but they still got to get stops. They got to figure and, it out defensively. And they retained
1: Alex Grinch, who I think. Maybe cringe a little bit.
4: Uh, not like John Calipari cringe interview, but. <laughs> Timely. Grinch is kind of like, I like analogies. Grinch, what have we Uh, Alex Grinch's defensive coordinating prowess reminds me a little bit of Justin Herbert. You see it, shows you flashes, you think he's pretty good, and then some games happen and you're like, huh. I mean, his heart's two sizes too small. (laughs) He's a mean one. Wow. (laughs) He's just happy that his coach says, welcome back. They got to figure out what to do with that secondary. They can't tackle they they don't they they they're not very physical. They can't play defense. Listen, they, what was it? But I'm just, just telling you the, 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 the back end. You know, I, I get inside the game watching that Tulane game, and mm-hmm. I'm an, listen. My next my next team that I would root for, it's my dad's fault, would be USC. So I pay close attention to them. They can't and ta- why wouldn't you? They can't tackle on the back end, and Tulane exposed yeah. them. I mean Spears is fantastic. We've we talked about him ad nauseum. Probably the only station in Omaha, Nebraska that's lamenting about two lane running backs. But hey, <laughs> as you say, I like the random running backs.
3: Uh, he's, uh, he's they just, just they're not nobody's. physical.
4: They're not. Same as I was watching Dallas last night, and I because I and I'm on this. I'm on it not only because I coach it. I'm on it because four of the last six coaches. And I'll give it to you, Parker at Westside uh, or at uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Coach DuHart and Coach Holloway at Michigan State, and uh, Coach Coop at Nebraska. They like full package defensive backs. If you can't tackle, you can't play. It's not just mm-hmm. about getting in court coverage, you know, quarters or palms or whatever you play, three deep, you know, shell. You have to be complete because when these teams get in spread, Drew Down, and you have two high safeties, they better be able to get in the box. So I pay close attention to tackling. One of the reasons we got our tail kicked at North Platte, we didn't tackle very well on the right. back end. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, right, because when those guys don't tackle, it leads to big plays. Other guys can miss tackles, and some other guys can clean it up. So I'm just like on this thing, and I, and I, again, to go back to Dallas and Tampa Bay last night, just to hear the pad cracking and watching Tampa Bay's wide receivers get up slow and grimace, and I'm like, you know what? This this going to be a long game, and all these schools want these multifaceted tacklers on the back end. That's what Grinch has got to figure. You can talk about the undersized D-line and putting guys on the move and whether to gap out or not gap out, you got to tackle on the back
1: end. You mentioned a, a lot of coaches in the Big Ten, and we talk every day about how the Huskers can be players next year in the Big Ten. And why shouldn't we? They're making us believe, right? Uh, outside of the work the Huskers are doing in the portal, their 2023 draft class, is receiving national attention. ESPN ranked the top 75 teams, and Nebraska comes in at 27. Pretty solid for a program that just turned the page about two months ago.
4: Yeah, them and Iowa are probably the two teams that are kind of off the radar, if you remember Mm -hmm. how the season ended, that are getting a lot of preseason. It's early, and Nebraska fans roll their eyes, and I get it. Right. Not, I'm not. I'm not trying to convince you that Nebraska is going to be anything. I just think this is one of those times where Coach Rule and this staff has garnered a ton of national respect. People like what they're doing, and they're getting a lot of uptick. And I see Iowa and a lot of top twenty, top fifteen polls in the way too early. And there's another team that I think is interesting in the Big Ten. That's before you say it.
1: They rank two spots higher than the Huskers in these recruiting who, ranks. Who is it? You're about to say Michigan State. Yeah, getting a lot
4: of preseason love. Mm-hmm. Got it. It's just interesting, right? Because I don't know. I mean, obviously Wisconsin's got a ton of questions, new staff, new scheme. Hey, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota has kind of re- revamped their staff. Iowa appears to kind of be intact. Illinois appears to to be intact mm-hmm. relatively northwestern makes changes two of them significant we go o-line oc that's big yeah, purdue makes changes purdue has made changes like I, you want to not have and i'm the king of this so you know slap my hand if you want to i always say it's not about what other teams are doing it's it's about you like this ain't got nothing to do right with anybody else this is about us but I can't help but to think with all these other teams in the West going through transitions, are we? could it really be right for the pickings? And I got to dial back. But you said something interesting about Nebraska defensively and getting a chance to spend a fair amount of time with Coach White. I, how can I say this? I feel like on paper, and you look at Nebraska defensively, where do you think, because you talked about MJ Coleman earlier, right? Yeah. Where MJ you, Sherman. MJ, yeah, Malachi
1: Coleman. Coleman and MJ Sherman. It's <laughs> funny because
4: I was just having a conversation with Malachi's mom right. yesterday, which was still on the front part which, of my man, brain. Did you see I'll that get...
1: speedy video? Sorry to get off topic. No, that's cool. That, that, I, I'm that cool with video that. of him running one on one with the uh, what, USC five star yeah. receiver? So
4: I told you the position that is the, of the most, is the, of the gravest concern to me. Do you remember what that position was defensively? Um, line. Well, they call them edge guys, right? They only had a couple of edge guys coming back. I think you said D-line, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think concerns Coach White and that staff as you look at, what do you think they have the least amount of concern?
1: Right now? Yeah. Uh, Pass rushing now that they got Sherman. Wait, are you penciling him, man? I'm curious. I am because you. So, so you have him. Right? I think
4: we did that with
1: Wynn last year
4: coming out of Bama, and it just what we did it, may, it with Mathis, it, and it maybe it wasn't a little like bit, that.
1: right? Uh, so, I think MJ Sherman. You have Chief Borders, right? That you get out of the portal. You He's get a JUCO guy. Um, and then you have Henrich and Reimer coming back. I kind of like the secondary. Secondary is solid, too, and it was reassuring to hear Cooper say the same thing. I kind of – so I wonder, if you're Coach White, what position do you, do you focus on? I think you focus up front. I think you focus right at the line.
4: So if I'm doing the staff breakdown right, he's got two guys on the D-line. He's got Dvorak, and a G, he's got another guy that mm-hmm. he likes at, on the linebacking core. Does he go back in
1: the secondary with Coop? Well, and you know, if here's a good point, and I think I know where your head's at. If you do play the traditional three three five, and they could mix, it, mix and match, mm-hmm. but if you choose to put more players on the back end than you do the front end, then yes, I would agree with you. Because uh, now you're trying to manage more people, more things going on at once. You're going to want the extra support there.
4: Yeah, and I, and I don't know, but I think if you ask me today, if I, if I said, hey, Coach White, where do you think you'll spend your time? I'm going to get – and it's, it's counterintuitive because you think, well, they got fellas. Mm-hmm. I'll, so I will worry the least about the secondary. But in this defense, they have to have dogs. Like if those guys can't tackle because of the five, you know you're going to get an extra free defender. He's got to be able to tackle. I, I would guess today he gravitates towards the secondary because it's the one position – it didn't have multiple guys overseeing it. Right now, it's just Coop. So, so that I'm basically just going by. And process it's loaded. Like and I I'm said. just going by process of. And I think in that defense, I got to do some more homework. But I would think you'd have to coach safeties different than corners. Corners have to be their own guys in a three-three-five. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I'm watching TC. I watch a lot of these guys that play those. Odd, and it's like that for us. Right, and we're just in high school and not near as
1: complex. But the safeties coach and the corners coach are different. So do you think that is in regards to it say for example, you're you're playing Michigan, right? McCarthy's throwing a ball over the top. Are you saying because when you when you Put when you load more people on the back end mm-hmm. in, in regards to corners that you want to coach the safeties to to fill those whole, like play yes, over the top and but things yes, like Yes, because it's about run fits. Right. Yes. Okay. I, that's actually That's a- yeah.
4: That's absolutely why right. I want because those I'll guys have to be f- they have to be able to fit in the run game to give yourselves a chance to be physical. Because if you're kind of on the move. As a defense and you gap guys out like you're displaced mm-hmm. and you're always going to have a free rusher. You just have to figure out where they're coming from yeah. as an offense. The, the the back end has to be able to fit in the run game. You may
1: have convinced me. Because you don't need a lot of help up front. All you do is need to fill it with the guys that you want. And as I'm looking at the staff, he's got a couple of guys on D-line already.
4: Right. And T. Knighton has got a ton of experience coaching D-line. He, he's an energy guy. Mm-hmm. I know he's got two guys on the second level. I'm just doing it by... I
1: get, I, by process of elimination, like you said. Yeah, And I he started he he start
4: as a secondary guy.
1: I think that just... I think that right there, what you just said. So
4: I would be buoying that, Nails though, it against... In. It's like life, right? You, you neglect the variable because you feel like they'll be there. It's like at home. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of get away from taking care of home, and you worry about work because work's the variable, and you figure, oh, home's home. I wonder, though... If he's worried about that second level, is that where he goes? Because they have the fewest bodies. Right. So do you go to be good and shore that up, or do you go where you may be vulnerable and do that?
1: Vulnerable seems like the right thing. I'll pick secondary. I I still think it could be line, but we'll talk more next.
2: Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio.
1: Hey, back with you on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Happy to have you with us, 888-638-4876. For your thoughts, we are powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. He's Damon Benning, I'm Andrew Rogers, and uh, as we went into the break, we were talking about Tony White and and where he would eventually lean, where he maybe saw himself uh, tearing his role as defensive coordinator and, like, you know, maybe, like, ex-coach or or this or, like, where he's going to spend a lot of time. You said secondary. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, right as we went into break, and, of course, we ran out of time. um, But as we went into the break, I said, well, think about what he did at Syracuse last year. They stopped the run. Yes, they did. So putting emphasis on the defensive line, I felt, was huge. And you said.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) it's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, I corralled, and coached the and I. We just had him, like, hemmed up, and I was like, hey. And I'm not trying to be that guy, and I prefaced it. Because college coaches, sometimes they look at this high school guys, and they're like, oh, really, bro? Like, do you really want to talk scheme? Really? UNX is an O's guy now, right? And You kind of get the eye roll. And so I prefaced it. I said, hey, not trying to get too much into schematics, but because I'm always trying to get some mm-hmm. ideas, right? Hey free defender what do i do with our hangers if i got two guys that can play the same position because you know most people don't have any yeah, idea not, how much i get into actual scheme right well, like i like
1: and you don't scheme. put yourself on a totem pole and think you're the best so i yes and you. so i didn't want to you know and,
4: and plus he's only been in there 30 minutes and i don't want to be that dude right like because it's not it, but you take advantage of your opportunity to talk right because it's not supposed to be about mm-hmm. me but hey while i have you <laughs> Let's see like hey, I can hey, learn. Hey, let me ask you something. So I prefaced the whole thing by saying, you don't have to get too X's and O's. You know, we don't need to talk one gap, two gap, odd, even any of that. We just talked about general concepts. And he said, the way that I feel, and he looked dead at me, which is why I think he's pretty serious because he changed tenor. He said, where I'm from and the way that I like to coach – It's a culture, and it's a mindset. We will talk toughness and stopping the run. He told an amazing story of what was happening during the pandemic at Syracuse, and I almost fell out of my chair because it was a lot of what was going on at Nebraska with, because it was during the whole George Floyd deal, Mm -hmm. player empowerment, there were these, I mean, it was literally six degrees of separation. And I didn't even say anything about Nebraska. At that point, I'm just a listener. And he said, when we came back in that off season and I could meet with the guys more, now he sits up in his seat. So I sit up in my seat because he went from this kind of jovial right. storyteller to being serious about his craft, getting to meet with the guys, establishing a culture, and he spoke my language he said speaking it into existence we won't stop the run and we want to play with toughness and he said you may throw for 400 yards but you're not running the football on us so my only real scheme question was a follow-up in terms okay so why is that like and he said generally speaking and then we went into it and i was just like well, too bad my kid left to go back to class but it's kind of tailor made for him you know I mean? it's like i'll just keep it at 100 man like
1: i'm a super straight shooter but that's like i re- little did you know caleb was right next to you the whole time but you were just so engrossed in the story <laughs> drew Dot, i'm sitting on the edge of my
4: chair you're right and 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 so you know i like walked him out <laughs> so it was another 15 minutes in the parking lot not just like i gotta stop man
1: but i i knew he was trying to get to metro wrestling so much for you just trying to get a little window with him it turned into a hey you want to grab lunch
4: hey how about a guy going to he you know when he said this because i talked to him after never been to metro wrestling to recruit never been to a wrestling tournament
1: and did he go oh
4: yeah we had to go find tyson terry
1: Well, then he went. (laughs) 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 So it was like he's
4: heading over to north, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be in school. It's almost noon. I think he's at Buena Vista." (laughs) (laughs) Buena, Buena. I don't remember. I just know it's a school that doesn't have great
1: Wi-Fi. (laughs) I know. I know Buena Vista is how they address the college, but it could be completely different here.
4: It was. uh... Yeah. So I, I, I smell another wager. Because I'm kind of convinced you think he lines up focusing on. Defensive
1: line. But I could. See, I the problem I is I don't know if I, if I feel good about betting against you in the secondary thing because you brought up a ton of great points. So,
4: Well, you're not wrong, though. He did say he wants to stop the run.
1: Right. But he, that doesn't mean he's going to put a and lot of And they've got
4: to play a lot of guys or expect a lot of things from a lot of guys They haven't had a lot of time.
1: But he may buy into Knighton and just say, hey. You focus here. I'm with you. I stand by you. I'm going to lean with Cooper now because I want to fill some holes here so that we make and sure. And you're the we... guy fawning over Super Coop. I, because he's a beast.
4: <laughs> we we haven't seen him coach yet. He's a beast.
1: I like I, 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 I like him because he. he I like his he's, personality. He's he's around the same age as the players. No,
4: I'm with you. I like his personality too. The way
1: he delivers his message is from a player's point of view. He's captivating. And he can easily sit down in a room with a player no, and, I, and and not just not just relate to him from a coach player level, but also a a like bro bro level if that yeah. makes sense. Like, hey, we're, we're brothers in this. I'll be
4: curious to see how his how his confidence plays out because he come like just he comes across as He'll a, make you feel a, good. a very very confident guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, let's give that a day. Uh, cuz you you pick a you pick a unit and I'll pick a unit. I'll pick the line. Shane. Breakfast for the for the other three again? <laughs> you know,
3: I, I'm not picking any units.
1: Speaking of breakfast <laughs> He needs to pick up some square units to help him out. Um, oh, speaking, of, speaking of debts being paid via breakfast, yeah. mine was paid yesterday. Yeah, to good let everybody on you. Know, everybody know out there good that on you. I don't just – I practice what I preach. I started the stupid game, and I lost the stupid game. I, I love the fact I that, for it was, that, it was, that
4: it was capped at 13 bucks. I don't even know how he wound up at $13. I, it it was, just seemed like a good number for breakfast.
1: Is that really what we capped it at? Yeah. I just purchased whatever. You, Shane wanted to order $30 worth of things. God, and I kept it at $12. Well, I don't even know how yours turned into a breakfast because <laughs> I, I ordered yours, and I'm like, Shane's getting this giant waffle, some chicken tenders. I'm getting a breakfast burrito, and DB's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just take a sausage patty and a couple <laughs> sides of bacon. <laughs> And then you didn't even sit and enjoy it when it came. You took it home, and you used the bacon on a meal. Like yeah. So you just avoided having to make bacon that night.
4: Yeah, and it, I kind of <laughs> stumbled into it. I ate the sausage patty cold while I was in the kitchen cutting up the chicken. But have you ever made anything? Well, you
1: have because of the pizza, right? Oh, uh, but I've made things before that. <laughs> I thought this meal. I got it off TikTok. Oh, in regards to making things, maybe that aren't very. I, I got good the recipe
4: off, off TikTok. Right, it's like, you know, these cube potatoes. You crisp them up. You know, you dice up some chicken. You mix in some. Uh, you have a binder. You put. It's one pot, chicken and kind of hash brown, cheese, crumbled bacon. It looked like it was going to be fantastic. Chicken was great. I'll take it. Skillet, I'm like, all right. Kobe Jack cheese shredded. Man, listen. Highly, highly, highly disappointed. And you know what it is? Have you ever had that thing that you have a taste of what it should taste Mm -hmm. like and it doesn't? Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about cubed breakfast potatoes. I don't think you... I think they need a little bit of of avocado or olive oil and a skillet, and you fry them on the skillet to get the real breakfast potato mm, that taste. Good. I put them in the air fryer, and it was so potato
3: Was it the was so, it the buildup?
4: I don't know, do, man. Do I, I was disappointed like, in myself.
1: They, when you say potato-y, were they like just hard? To no, bite they, were into they were
4: crisp. They were crisp. I, they just it just wasn't. I was expecting some
1: like right. Did you use like a little bit of white vinegar at all to kind of no? Like but I the, did blanch them. Isn't that what you used to pull I the did starch blanching. out? I, I did. No, I, I soaked them. Okay, so you did it. You did it all right. Three hours. And You did it right. I'm like this. Why is this? And not? you get that taste that you're talking about when you cook a lot. Like ah, this doesn't taste like it should. And I, and there's no going back to re- there's no recovering. I from just don't know like if that. you
4: can really recreate breakfast potatoes and hash browns outside of a Blackstone or in a restaurant.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Blackstones. Oh, those are sweet. I love Blackstones. I,
4: I told you about the time I tried to purchase the restaurant butter from the guy at Village. Yes, Inn and the squeeze bottle. <laughs> yeah, he did. looked at me like I had a horn
1: on my head. <laughs> and you know, sometimes this next guest looks at me sideways. It's Joel Lorenzi. He's next. <laughs>
2: Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. No doubt. Aver-
6: he averages 14 points a game, and one of the reasons is because of his offensive rebounding and his deliberate knack
3: to be aggressive yes! in the paint when I he gets got the, got the ball. Coloma went right at block and a chance for three. Hopkins.
2: Trying to create space, Cauchbrenner with the block, Croswell there. And threw a palm ball up at the rim. Shireman trying to get it to Cauchbrenner. Great finish,
1: Croswell has four fouls and knew it. Hey, back with you on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage. At Hale Varsity Club, the show powered by Currency, 590 AM ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube to get involved in the show, 888-638-4876. Calling that number right now is our friend Joel Lorenzi, Creighton Beat Writer for the Omaha World Herald. Joel, good morning. Good morning, what's going on, guys? Yeah, there he is. Rise and grind, man. You with us?
0: (laughs)
4: Yeah. Listen, the last yeah. NBA game was tipped at, well, I guess Lakers Rockets was late, but everything else was before five.
0: It's the routine, man. You can't <laughs> break out of it. It consumes
4: you. I love this, man. Hey! All right, so let me, I gotta, I'm going to get my two NBA questions out before we move on to the Jays. Uh, I give you <sighs> Lakers, Suns, Thunder most likely to move up into those nine and ten slots? The Thunder, the Suns, or the
0: Lakers? I'd say the Lakers. Uh, The way Bron is playing uh, with ADs return looming uh, with the kind of basketball, I mean, they've they've survived. I'd say they've remained afloat. Now, the Suns all those dudes are in hospital beds, man it's it's hard to to compete that way, man, and the thunder um nothing against the thunder but I just uh,
4: I think they've won three in a row, maybe or something they're, like they're close,
0: yeah, they're not far off they're probably better off than the suns for sure the suns I mean nobody can stay on the court, so it's fun. yeah it's, it's not
4: a third of the way through the fun. third of the way through the season. Is Missoula your head your coach of the year? I mean, come on. Out with Eme and in with Missoula and all you
1: do yeah. What are they at, 10 straight now? Something like that.
4: Seven. Yeah, I, I think it's it. Memphis that has I 10. I think Boston it. has seven.
0: Yeah. I thought about it because, um, I mean, with the way they were talking, um, when Missoula was inserted, it was like, you know, um, it could have easily been – been messed up, or they could have screwed up what they had going on. But they—they look just as good as as last year, or the end of last year. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely probably the, the favorite right now.
4: You all in or all I'm out? I was
0: probably up there too. Uh,
4: you all in or all out on Memphis?
0: Man, I'm not one of those Memphis guys, bro. Um, I, I, think they, I, I think they could do decent, but I'm just not a—I'm not a John ja fan, man. I'm not gonna lie. <sighs> Uh, and I think they could win a, a playoff series or two. But I'm, I don't think they're a final team. Not this year.
4: Is it his efficiency, his efficiency or what? You want him to be a better yeah, shooter?
0: Um, I think it just comes down to, uh, you know, when when the team is game-planning for you, when the game slows down, um, when the defense intensifies. I think uh I think there are teams that can beat them. Like, I think the Nuggets are better than them. Um the Warriors obviously haven't had the year the third quarter to have. A lot of that has to do with Steph being out and the young guys trying to figure things out. But uh, I think the Warriors are still a team that a lot of a lot of teams in the playoffs want to shy away from. Um, especially if they're they're healthy. And frankly, I mean, you saw the Warriors beat uh beat the Grizzlies on what was that? Christmas without
1: uh stuff, so Hey, who do you think could benefit most, Joel, from a a trade before February ninth? I'm curious. I'm asking an NBA question completely. Hey, how about that? <laughs> uh probably
0: the Raptors. Uh, I I know the Raptors uh they've been in in, in rumors most about making a big slash at the deadline and their experiment was cool, you know, getting a bunch of Switchy dudes and seeing how well they were working and uh, they just have not gotten over the hump without another, uh, you know, crazy shot maker, you know, someone to help Fred on that front. So I don't know if it's time to completely blow it up, but uh, they definitely got to make a move uh, to, you know, get over the hump.
1: Hey, let's see. Let's go the direction of Creighton now, Joel, um, as uh, they take on Butler tonight. Uh, another Big East game for this group, uh, but they're 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 in good shape right now, I would say, especially after getting the win against Providence, a game that they didn't shoot the three very well, but something that we drew more, I, I guess, drew more attention to over anything else. Was the fact that Kalkbrenner is still not finding his way into the double digit field goal category? Uh, how much emphasis should Creighton start um, it, putting on Kalkbrenner in games? Because it, he's just so hard to defend most times.
0: Yeah. Um, I think with Kalkbrenner, his buckets, like when when he scores, it's not like Sonobo, right? Like they're not force feeding him down low. Um, he's not, you know making his living down you know, one-on-one opportunities around a basket like assessing defense and, you know, constantly tying the ball down there, like a lot of it is you know, it's somebody doubling one of the guards and then she open for the lob stuff like that, stuff the defense gives you and so, um, I think in recent games, this defense has focused on him more, it's been easier for, like the last two games I think Baylor Shireman has has flipped the switch. Oh, yeah. He's been their go-to guy. And so um, it's just been easier to, you know, maybe play through him at times than try to force feed Kogbunner. So I don't think uh, – I think you, you take what the defense gives you and um, if it's working and then shot's falling for and for then then why not? But uh, with Bunner I, I think uh, you just got to feed him when – like, you can't force feed them. You got to feed
4: them when, when a defense allows it. Joel, when you – there's last handful of games, right? And, and I get it. It's 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 bigger than one guy, and it's not just on Nimhart. But when I talk to the fan base, Nimhart gets a little bit of more criticism than most. And maybe that just comes with being the PG, right? But when you look at the last couple of games and – how well Alexander played as the primary ball handler without Ryan last year, is it natural for the fan base to make those kinds of comparisons or is it just to end the moment and let it play out? Um,
0: obviously, there's a lot of season to play left, but the, the criticism is understandable, I think. Um, you look at last year and maybe uh, – not overachieved, but maybe he might have set the standards a little too high because that was a team that, um, you know, their starting unit didn't have as much talent. Um, and so you saw a lot of nights Nemar was was being dependent on as a shot maker sometimes, and um, he doesn't have the same pressure this year. Um, but people expected him to make a jump from last year. Uh, they expected all the sophomores to make a jump from last year. And i say Kaluma's turned the corner and Trey has looked good for the most part. But Nembhard is, is at the bottom of the ladder on that front. And um, it's under, all the criticism is understandable. I mean, he's, he's not shooting well. Um, you've seen in recent games, like, he'll miss the, the stuff that seemed easy earlier in the season. You know, short-range floaters. He'll miss a read here and there. Um, so I think part of it is he's in a funk, especially in the past couple weeks. Um, but, yeah, man, like teams are going under on him because he hasn't proved that he'll make them pay. Like um, there are things that aren't trending his way. So um, Creighton needs more from him for sure. And and not just as um, a scorer when, you know, he's called upon, but, um, you know, they need that reliability that he's known for with the ball in his hands. I thought at UConn um, his turnovers were were crucial, man.
1: Hey, Joel, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week. Joel, that's deep, buddy. Appreciate oh, you. Gosh. Sorry. See you all soon. Hey, see you, man. That is Joel Lorenzi at JXLorenzi they on don't, Twitter.
4: They don't utilize him enough.
1: Who's that, Creighton?
4: The, the paper.
1: Oh, the paper. <laughs> no, like, I'm serious. Creighton, he's at
4: every game. No,
1: like, yeah, he does great work. And he's interesting. Great work. He's interesting. <laughs> Well, and he also doesn't think like somebody that has been doing it for a long period yeah. of time. He's uh, a young guy, I, I, and he brings I, a new, I, fresh perspective. I like perspective. how he
4: makes me think.
1: Yeah, Before we uh, close the show today, I want to take this moment to tell you about Dingman's. Dingman's has been in the business for over 25 years. In Omaha. You know what's funny? Last night I had a dream that I crashed my car. And I'm like, oh, I got to take it to Dingman. Swear, I had that dream. Um, I, I wouldn't say in my dream I thought about taking it to Dingman's, but in the morning I was like, huh, I could have taken my car to Dingman's if I actually crashed my car. Uh, that's Dingman's Collisions Center, family-owned, family-run local business. They invest in the latest technology to stay up to date with the ever-evolving technology of what cars are today. They work on all makes and models for locations throughout the metro area. And you know what's really cool about Dingman's is the fact that they give back. They have this give back program where they they shine light on great organizations here in the local area. They've worked with nonprofits like the Boys and Girls Club of the Midlands. Um, they've worked with food banks, Saving Grace, Perishable Food Rescue, Abide, tons of they, things. They
4: roll as a family army, man. They're
1: community. And they they let the customer choose what they would like to donate to, but then Dingman's does the donating. That's the coolest thing any company in town does. Shano?
3: You know I'm all about Dingman's.
1: (laughs) 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 Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow.